0: Hey guys, Bill Spadia here. Welcome back to my live streaming podcast, Common Ground, brought to you by a lot of great sponsors, including the radio station that I talk with you from, the studio at New Jersey 101.5 in Mercer County, New Jersey. Uh, today we are back in Mercer County for a live episode of Common Ground. We just wrapped up the fourth sold-out luncheon for women for common sense. And the idea behind today's podcast is we want to highlight some of the brave, strong, courageous, smart, capable, tenacious women who are helping us restore common sense to New Jersey. Now, a lot of people have given up on our great state. You hear that every once in a while on the radio. Every time I talk about digging in, there's always somebody that's getting out. But we're seeing as we go around this state, we go from Uh, county to county, small business to small business, that there are a lot of great people that want to fight for this state. One of those great people, his name is Robert Pluta, and Robert owns Leonardo's Restaurant, which is where we are broadcasting from today. Leonardo's is on Business Route 1 in Mercer County, in Lawrence Township. Robert is also a Board of Education member and one of the first people that alerted us to what was happening in the schools regarding the sexualizing of our kids. He is a champion. He is up for re-election. I support him wholeheartedly and you'll be hearing more from him as we get through the year. Now, our first guest today, her name is Lisa Richford. She is the person in charge, the chairman of the Mercer County Republicans. I know I could say chairperson, chair... I like to say chairwoman. Lisa, come on in. Um, A lot of people started calling them chairs. She is the chairwoman. I'm not gonna take anything away from her. She leads a fantastic organization, Lisa. Welcome to Common Ground. I'll ask you to put these on so you can hear us. We'll block out some of the noise. I know you're good, but looking at that camera right here. uh, Lisa Richford is in charge of the Mercer County Republicans. Now, we had a special guest earlier at our, our Mercer County Women for Common Sense lunch, my good friend George Gilmore, who heads up the Ocean County Republicans. And he pointed out that one of the big problems in solid blue counties is that our Republican chairs don't get a lot of support, if any support, from our state party. But you took that as a sign of, I'm just going to dig in and build from the ground up. So let's back up, because some of our guests today talked about the battle in New Jersey. If we are actually going to take the state back, we've got to guarantee some election integrity. There's a lawsuit happening. Um, I spoke to uh, John Hart today from, um, uh, from Pennington, who in the Hopewell Valley chairman, there was a huge problem. With the machines on election day going back to elections. What happened and what are we doing about it?
1: So, in, well, first, thanks thanks for having me, Bill, and thank you yeah. for coming. In always great to see you, Lisa. And uh, very excited about this event and the turnout. Yeah. Fantastic. Great turnout,
0: right? Yeah. Fourth sellout in a row.
1: It's wonderful. Yeah. So, with the elections in Mercer County, uh, everybody remembers 2022. Right. So in 2022, in the morning, I started getting a call. Well, this machine's down. They said, "Well, they're just getting set up." And this morning, just give them a little time. And then one after another, I was just inundated with calls of the whole crash. So I got out of the house, no shower, started because I'm a challenge. I've been challenging for. And this was six
0: o'clock in the morning. None of the mm-hmm. machines were working.
1: Every machine was rendered Everyone. inoperable because of an eleventh-hour change by the clerk with the coding on the ballot. So none of the machines worked. So actually the machines worked properly, but it was...
0: county to, clerk made to, a change to, and which, messed everything up.
1: Which just shut it all down, right. which... To me, it was this highly suspect at the eleventh hour, and even too. We've gotten her on record saying, had she not made the change, the election would have won. Would, would have won. At a, it should have gone. But right. in 2021, we had a problem too with all the machines right. that the bags weren't fitting, and you had you had ballots all over the floors, and not machines not working, and then even in 2023. So now three years in a row. But 2022, I mean, we we made a world news tonight on 2022. Yeah. I mean, I mean, not for the right reasons, but just... Um, and there was no consistency the party itself here because I was on the phone with them would make it sound like we'll still send people out there but you're
0: that- talking about the New Jersey Republican Party yeah, yeah. yeah at the state level uh, there really is no party I mean it, it's it's hard to have people wrap their heads around that but it almost doesn't exist they don't really raise any money they they are no there's no grassroots there's no uh, team deployed to make sure that we are uh, mm-hmm. protecting the integrity of the election uh, let's move to candidate mm-hmm. recruitment now you ran for Mercer County Executive.
1: I did. I did run for But you didn't want to. (laughs) No. No. uh, It was not on uh, on the plan. Um, So, it's the third time I've run for county office, and I ran for this office because we have individuals who were trying to paint a clear path for my opponent just to go right into the office. No challenge. So, after the convention, it's the only spot it's open, I said, you know, I can't let you know. No free yeah. passes here for the right. And I went out and got the signatures. Now the
0: good news is your opponent Dan Benson, although he won, you forced him to spend a lot of money.
1: I did. We made him burn money the yeah. day after.
0: And, the- and for the Republican uh, leaders out there, particularly the New Jersey Republican chair Bob Hugan, take note: when you challenge in a blue area, you force. The blue side to spend a lot of money that they're not spending in other areas. You keep them on the defensive. So we've exactly. got some champions that exactly. actually will do that. They could use a little help next time, perhaps.
1: And that was at rate. Right the next yeah. day, they you know calling you know the calling me an extremist. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I was like, it was insane. I mean, I'm a... I'm you were not,
0: extremist for running for county executive as a Republican. <laughs> Ex- right, that's oh, how it works. And,
1: and the, oh, o- the, only the, in I, Jersey. I'm afraid of, uh, saying I was a COVID denier. My whole family's vaccinated. We, we did it. I've got a husband who's got a lung issue. I have a son who uh, wanted to play baseball. I did it. You know, it was because they fear-mongered and scared you. So we did. My, I've got closets full of those COVID tests. I've complied with all the how governors. How stupid of, is that? Of, of, oh, Literally,
0: the federal government. Uh, uh, how much did they spend? Uh, my wife, Jody and I we have received, I think we're up to 20 now, Biden tests that have come to our oh, house.
1: It, they were falling out of my closet and I've yesterday never tested. when I was in there. Because now i got Narcon a test in my closet. You know, I, it's so, Narcon. So, so in, the, the, in,
0: in the minute I've got left, uh, what's next for the Republican Party in Mercer County? Uh, are, a, are you going to run for chair again? You know, if you do, you've got my full support. <laughs> which you. I'm happy I, to I say publicly. Uh, and uh, are you... Um, are you thinking about that? And what do you see as the next step as we head into 2024? We've got the congressional elections on the mm-hmm. line. We're gonna have a lot more mm-hmm. local races. What's the prospect for Mercer County?
1: So Mercer County, I'm pretty excited. I take one election at a time, so we'll deal with this one right now. I've got, there's two commissioner seats up and um, I'll wait till he announces, but we, have, we do have candidates oh, good. this year. Good. So we have a full slate. Uh, our convention is March 13th at the Hibernians in Hamilton. Great. Hope to see you there. And,
0: I uh, am planning on being there for sure. And, What's the Mercer County Republican website? How do people get you?
1: It's uh, mercer, mercernewjerseygop.com. GOP.com. Mercer, and,
0: New Jersey GOP.com. Yep.
1: And, uh, but it's, I've got several, well, our, our rules are on the website, but I, I have well over a dozen people running for U.S. Senates, multiple CD3, CD12, That's our great. local races. So. It's uh, pretty exciting. It's great. Well, I want to
0: thank you for your leadership. I want to thank you for never giving up. And here we are in Blue Mercer County, and you've got candidates for every office. And the best part is, multiple candidates for the office. That's Mm -hmm. what matters. I'll see you on the 13th. Thank you. Thank Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Okay, I want to take a quick break to uh, recognize one of our great sponsors, uh, my good friends at Guaranteed Service. I talk about it on the air often. The disaster that we had on Thanksgiving. Guaranteed Service was there on the holiday. Within 90 minutes, To solve the problem, take a listen, and I'll be back on the other side. Hi, Joe here from Guaranteed Service. There's nothing worse than having your furnace or boiler break down during a cold spell. That's why this is a perfect time to take advantage of our $77 furnace or boiler tune-up. Our 21-point checklist covers everything needed to keep your system running safely and efficiently. We'll even guarantee no breakdowns all winter long or your repair is free. So call today for our $77 furnace or boiler tune-up and you'll become a customer for life, guaranteed. Hey guys, Bill Spadia here. Welcome back to our streaming show, Common Ground. Our next guest is a mom who probably never thought she'd be involved in politics, and all of a sudden, the politicians in Trenton and in Washington Came after her kids. She's on the Mercer County Committee. She's a member of several organizations that stand up for parental rights and to protect our kids. Um, she's a uh, leader in the Hopewell Valley Republican Club. She joins me now, Christine Rule. Christine, great to see you.
2: Thanks for having me, Bill.
0: So you um, you're fresh off a great speech to our uh, fourth sold-out Republican our, our um, uh, Women for Common Sense event, and you. you I, what I took away from that is that your inspiration was, hey, they're actually coming after our children. Yeah. So when did your journey start, and did you ever think you'd be here?
2: Never in a million years. <laughs> I would think you were crazy if you told me I'd yeah. be sitting here on a podcast. But yeah. it started in 2020 when they were forced, uh, forcing our kids to wear masks all day. Um, yeah. They were in school every other day for a half day only, and, and that was bad. But then the next year when they were in the masks for eight hours, it was yeah. I felt like I was committing child abuse.
0: Yeah. What was it like with your kids? I remember we had so many people trying to justify it and make people feel bad if they didn't force their kids. What was the, the, what was it like in your home during those days?
2: Well, we tried to keep things as normal as possible, but yeah. you know, at the end of the day, it was really the governor's decision to mask them. I mean, we tried to fight back with our school district, but it really wasn't their decision, so yeah. it was really up to the governor.
0: Well, and and that's why we're involved, right? I I have said this in speeches across the state that, unfortunately, too many local authorities punted and said, well, nothing we can do. You know, when it comes to abusing kids, yes, there is something you can do. You can stand up locally and say, we're going to get the sex curriculum out of the schools. We're going to take the masks off the kids. I mean, more people should have stood up. Where were the school nurses when, when, you know, they knew? They knew what was going on with these kids. So I want to applaud you, Christine, because it took a lot of guts to step up. Now, um, what's the next step? I mean, we're in this. Here we are. uh, We are four years. uh, We're in the fourth year after, if you look at, at the calendar years. And... Still, we've got a governor with the power and the legislature that's not paying attention and a board of education at the state level that's pushing their own agenda. What's next for uh, for you as a mom and as a local political leader now?
2: Well, I mean, I've just trying to bit. I've just been trying to focus on building community. Yeah. Um, so that's why I got involved with the Hope, Hopewell Valley Republican Association. It's a Republican club. And we we meet on a regular basis. I yeah. meet with the parents that are like-minded on a regular basis, and I think it starts with that because once people see that we have a strong relationship, they'll hopefully they'll want to join our group because there's there's we just are starting really grassroots. Now,
0: somebody said it earlier. I you know we uh, we do a lot of work with Republicans and we talk about the Republican Party, but the reality is the whole concept between Common Sense and Women for Common Sense in particular was to appeal to independents and Democrats. Are you finding that uh, friends of yours that were maybe one political leaning before the lockdowns, have they changed, have they evolved? And what was the driving issue?
2: I, yes, I think they have. I mean, they, um, there's just so much going on and they see that, that there's one side that's, that's really driving all yeah. of the, the evil agenda that's that is being yeah. pushed on our children. So I think they're really starting to wake up.
0: How are your kids now?
2: They're great. Yeah. They're really
0: great. Yeah. They're proud of mom? I, mom, I what are you <laughs> doing? Are they old enough to know that mom's out there on the front line fighting every day?
2: You know, they're 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 wondering where I am all the time. Yeah. I'll bet. <laughs> and I really think we need to be, build a common sense club for kids. I think that would be a great idea.
0: I love it. You heard it here first. <laughs> common sense club for kids coming to your town soon. Uh, Christine, always great to see you. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Thanks for, for everything you me. do. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you. Uh, All right. So we're not going to take a break. We're going to roll right through. We are here at the Women for Common Sense luncheon. This is the fourth sold out event that we've done, fourth in a row and fourth out of four. Every event has been sold out. We've been in four different counties. We are going to continue to grow. We started in Morris County, moved to Somerset County, then Ocean County, now Mercer County. Uh, It's exciting because when you look at the numbers and I'll just share this quick number with you, when we look at Monmouth County as an example. In the audience, we've got more than half women. Now, when you talk about talk shows, and I'm talking about my own show on the air every morning 6 to 10 on New Jersey 101.5, most talk radio skews very heavily male to female. In many cases, 80-20. But in our case, in some of our key core areas, it's actually completely opposite that. We're looking at more than 50 percent women tuning in. Now, why is that? Well, because the message of common sense resonates. It's not about Republicans and Democrats. Republicans, yes, have a vehicle that we need to use to take the state back. But the reality is it's about you. Now, my next guest, no stranger to this, she is a champion of parental (laughs) rights. And she's with a group called New Jersey Stands Up. N.J. Stands Up. Hilary Jersey—that's really your last name.
3: Yes, my married name. I love it, it's Jersey. Of course, actresses. I
0: mean it's the perfect Jersey Warrior name. <laughs> yes. Hillary, great to see you. Great to see you. Uh, you did a great job in your speech earlier to the luncheon. Tell me, um, what is this fight all about for you?
3: Uh, so, really, I have three teenagers now, and about their futures. It's really yeah. what's what's coming down the pike for them. What are what are what are the additional struggles struggles they might have yeah. beyond what we had? You know becoming young adults and
0: what and does nj stands up do I mean, what, what are they what are they standing up to uh, what are they standing yeah, up for yeah.
3: so um our mission is to, oh, just just good, sorry a yeah our, mi- our mission is to uh pre- well our yeah, sorry that's uh, right. pres- <laughs> preserve constitutional rights um protect uh parental rights and um advocate for health freedom so that those are three pillars that we yeah. um stand with um, now, when
0: did you get started? Were you one of the uh, the moms that were at the state house saying, yes. "Why are they trying to take away?" Yeah. So to bring you back, you're going yeah. back to now Long December time. 2019, <laughs> and I remember because moms were calling the radio station from the rallies, yes. and it was raucous and wild. And you know, it's it's how I got introduced to yeah. a lot of the moms, including my assistant Sharon, who was one of those moms. Yes, she was. And Call in the radio show live and you could hear from people calling inside the state house, I could hear the rally outside. The chanting, and yeah. you know we, we we won that battle by one vote, but I don't think any of us had any idea what was coming next, because following uh, we had the lockdowns, thankfully there was some preservation of, the, med- of the, the religious exemption for vaccines, but the reality is the government ran roughshod over our rights. So where do we stand from that battle that was a, we eked out a small victory, to now when you've got... Uh, presidential election coming up, a gubernatorial race coming up in 25. Where do you feel that it is in terms of protecting your kids and and your parental rights?
3: Oh my goodness. I know, it's a loaded question, right?
0: And we only have about two minutes, but you can do it. I trust you.
3: Um, So basically, we've been monitoring um, things that are happening in in New Jersey at the policy level. And what we've found is, while we have some friends in the legislature currently, and obviously we're looking for candidates and supporting them in the future, um, really everything runs through the executive um, and the Department of Health and Department of Education are really ramming down the policies. Um, So even though... uh, Many comments were made at the Department of uh, State Department of Education back in the summer um, about the uh, Chapter Seven and the sex ed curriculums that were which, coming out.
0: Which, if so, everyone understands, we were in the middle of a lockdown, yes. an unconstitutional and unnecessary, ridiculous lockdown, but a lockdown nonetheless. While parents were trying to figure out how to deal with balancing work and kids doing homework and Zoom calls at the dining room table, the state board of education was putting in a rule. This was June 2020 that is effectively sexualized children. And it was through books in the library. It was through uh, the gender studies Mm -hmm. effectively saying, ah, you're not a boy or a girl. We're going to we're going to make sure we confuse the kids that are waiting for Santa Claus to bring them a present on Christmas. Make them think they might be born in the wrong body. That's disgusting. Yeah, so that's it right, that, right, you they believe do it that, but we, Are you a little shocked? Seriously, I, I like I, my wife, Jodie and I talk about this. We have we have friends, Democratic friends, who resisted. They're like, "No, there's no way, that'll right. never happen." I can't
3: believe it. Yeah, I it is. Here we and are. Everything's upside down. And,
0: so, um, what does NJ stands up do next?
3: So, um, so basically, we're going to uh, figure out strategies, and this is part of our discussion. February 9th. we have a uh, event, a screening of uh, Unsafe and Ineffective, um, and we're bringing in uh, John Coyle, who's been a wonderful uh, lawyer and support to the healthcare community mm-hmm. uh, to grant uh, religious exemptions in the health yeah. in the healthcare workplace. Um, so, he's going to share his um, thoughts on all of this, and we're going to strategize to mobilize people for this comment period in the summer um, against these
0: so proposals. So, tag me in any links you have for events with okay. NJ Stands Up, and, and I'll make sure to share that. We'll share it with our audience, Thank our you. Common Ground audience, our New Jersey 101.5 audience. The battle is just beginning
3: yes thank it, you it hillary. Yep. So thank nice you so much you. Appreciate thank, it. You. thank
0: you hillary jersey yes that's really her last name <laughs> i love it right what how perfect is that for what we're doing uh but nj stands up a good organization i want to bring on our next guest who is with spirit of america town hall her name is kristen cerullo Uh, Kristen was one of the three uh, strong women who spoke on behalf of Parental Rights today at the Women for Common Sense Lunch here at Leonardo's on Business Route 1 in Lawrence Township. Kristen, welcome to Common Ground. How are you?
4: It's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Bill.
0: So you did a great job today. Uh, Can you talk briefly about, you talked about the 1,400 signatures that you got on the petition that you went to the Board of Education. Can you just tell us that quick story? How did that happen?
4: Sure. Well, a group of us got together um, and started having some town halls and talking about a lot of the issues that are in the school district and the state of New Jersey. And the more and more we learned about the 2020 standards, we put together a petition.
0: Same standards, by the way, that we're talking about. Department of Education, run by the state, instituted sexualized standards, which talked about gender confusion, gender identity, and, and quite honestly, I mean, some really... Uh, abhorrent stuff. I mean, you're talking about depictions of sexual acts with children. I, I was blown away. Robert Pluto, who owns Leonardo's, was the first one to show me one of these books. And I'm like, there's no way people are going to believe that that is actually in the schools. Yeah, but it's, yes, they are.
4: It's, it's unbelievable. Um, so we felt like we had to do something and we started this... Um town hall group of people and we decided to launch a petition which we were able to do at a town hall that you were a guest speaker at which was the best time for us to launch it Uh, we had over 200 people and then from there people took the petitions out and it was super easy to get signatures. Yeah. So on
0: 200 became 1,400. Correct. And, and and that is another takeaway as you listen to Kristen talk about her journey and what it means, the Spirit of America Town Hall. What does it mean? Well, you get 200 people, they become 1,400. When that 1,400 who signed the petition become 14,000 votes, guess what happens? You turn the school board around and you restore common sense by electing sensible, rational adults.
4: Right, right. So and what's I, one right. of the things that I feel like knowledge is power. So, the more knowledge we give to people that they could take to others, and once you hear what's going on and you hear statistics and you really get more of an understanding of it, hopefully people will, will get more involved and to do some things about it.
0: Yeah, well, I, I love what you're doing. Did you ever think you'd be involved in Absolutely
4: this? Absolutely not. There are a million other things <laughs> I could be doing with my time. <laughs>
0: right, right. But, here, but I am. here we are, right? right? You, know, you
4: don't have a choice. There's what no your, choice. What
0: do your kids think?
4: Um... Uh, my two two of my kids are uh, supportive they don't yeah. really care but my one will always say to me like mom why are you doing this stuff yeah. you know it stresses you out you could be doing breathing, doing whatever right, all right. these other things and I tell him like I'm doing it for you and I'm doing yeah. it for the other children and really you, you don't get that now but when you're older you'll yeah. get an appreciation of yeah. what it is we're fighting right now
0: right and, and they'll turn around and say wow Thanks for being the champion for us. (laughs) Great to see you. Thank you, Bill. Thanks, Kristen. You take care. All right. um, So what I want to do is... um Bring in my next guest because I'm being told we are short on time, so I'm going to run our commercials toward the end. Uh, one of the things that we learned at this Common Sense uh, Women for Common Sense luncheon, and we're seeing this around the state as we grow with Common Sense Club, as we grow with Elect Common Sense, our pact that's fighting for local elected officials and local challengers to rebuild the state of New Jersey. It takes a lot. We had a great speech earlier today at the luncheon, And the attorney who gave the speech is on the front lines, actually having uh, fighting all the way to the Supreme Court with some of the issues that she's taken up. And it's about freedom. It's about restoring constitutional liberties. But the reality is it's necessary because, as she described, and I'll ask her about this, the rot that has overtaken our legislative branch. We have an enormous problem. Our three branches of government, at this point, all three are competing to see which is the most corrupt. And we have to take it back. Now, slowly but surely, we're going to win victories, and we are going to take it back, but it's not going to happen unless we have strong, Champions my next guest is one of those champions Dana Weefer great to see you Dana thanks Good for being you here thank you so for having me. Uh, Dana Weefer uh, she and I met you ran for the Senate a long time ago uh, people like to remind me of the races I ran a long time ago I was reminded today of one 20 years ago so thank you to Robert Pluta. Um but you're job as an attorney you and I have been talking about this now I, over the last couple of years mm-hmm. is to take up the fight for both teachers and nurses and and uh, cops and firefighters everybody that's had a mandate put on them take us to um you had said earlier in your speech one of one of the victories that you had what happened
5: um so Most of my cases are still sitting, waiting for the courts to do something. But we did have a a victory recently in the appellate division in New Jersey. My client was a guy who was out protesting, walking along the road. He had a sign with obscenities on it that were derogatory toward the police. He was picked up and overcharged with a bunch of things. But specifically, he was charged with violating Governor Murphy's lockdown. Right, it
0: was during the lockdowns. He wanted to speak his mind. He was mad.
5: Indeed. He was out there and he was charged and convicted at the municipal level. I was not his attorney there. Then we appealed and did a trial de novo in the Superior Court, and he was convicted again. Um, And then finally, we appealed to the appellate division, and we just recently, about a month and a half ago, got word that the appellate division did vacate the convictions based on First Amendment grounds.
0: So what does that mean for the rest of us and the folks that maybe they weren't charged, but they were bullied by the governor and his minions where the governor abused, I mean, abused our police. And, and that's something that you really need to keep in mind. You know where I stand with Blue Friday, with our law enforcement. I, you know, I, I stand up for our cops at every turn and will always defend Blue. So when it comes to freedom in the Constitution, sometimes you've got to defend the rights of the guy that you don't like what he's saying. And that is an important part of what our freedom is. It's why I have callers call, you get to the front of the line when you want to yell at me because I, like I, like I like to fight a little bit because we through the fight is where you learn the truth. So if you're able to pick up the fight on somebody you don't agree with, you can defend anyone. But what does it mean to the folks that were, you know, I mean, we had kids come over our house during the lockdowns and we would have them have their bikes, you know, hide them in the backyard because I don't want to have any grief that we've got a bunch of kids over the house. Um, So many people bullied into actually locking down and not leaving their house. Is there any recourse for those folks?
5: So um, the appellate division had the opportunity to rule on questions concerning freedom of travel, Um, fundamental rights in general. However, they did it on a very, very narrow ground, so it really only appeals to him. That being said, one of the things that we definitively established through the appeal is that the structure of Executive Order 107, which was you cannot leave your house unless you're leaving for one of these enumerated reasons, Mm -hmm. it violates the fundamental rights of anyone being charged with a crime, because the burden must always remain on the state. So if you have an executive order where it says you can't leave your house, or you have to prove that you were out for one of these enumerated reasons, it's inherently unconstitutional.
0: How will this impact the next time they want to come and lock us down? Or won't it? And if not, are there cases that you're fighting right now that it's not about because a lot of people I'm sure tell you and I hear this, oh, stop talking about it. It's over. It's never coming back. I'm like, Listen, we lost our liberties for a two year period. Don't bet on it. You know that with the power the executive has, with the weakness of our legislature and the complicit nature of our courts, this will absolutely come around again. We just don't know when or how.
5: We are in a must, much worse position today than we were in 2020. And the reason why is because across the entire country and in New Jersey, we now have the, we just have so much bad precedent. And so, as time passes, that precedent is going to become better established. And I'm very concerned that if we don't continue fighting all the way up to the Supreme Court, that we're going to face the same thing again, and it's going to be faster and easier for the government to impose that on us.
0: What cases do you have outstanding now? I know you've got some about uh, medical freedom, whether it was uh, for treatment for folks or it was uh, on the forced vax. What's going on right now? If you give us like a one-minute update.
5: Sure. So um, we still have Sezney v. Murphy. It's in the district court now. It was up in the Third Circuit. Governor Murphy repealed it four days before we expected decisions, so the Third Circuit um, dismissed the appeal as moot. So we're still in the district court challenging that booster mandate. We have the teacher. T- testing case which is in the third circuit now Um,
0: and and to remind everyone our teachers in new jersey were testing twice a week sticking that swab up their nose for no reason when we knew almost from go that that test was not accurate to tell anybody if they had a, a virus or a disease.
5: Yeah, and the medical testing definitely implicates the Fourth Amendment. The yeah. state has never even said otherwise. Every single time they were forced to take a test, it violated their Fourth Amendment rights.
0: Wow. Will there be financial compensation for them, or is this just about, let's win so we have legal precedent to stop the government the next time they come at us?
5: So, my plaintiffs really just want to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Yeah. We are pursuing the case, suing Governor Murphy, Chief Justice Ralph in an individual basis, so we are technically seeking money damages. That's the reason we're in the Third Circuit is because the district court judge said, well, they have qualified immunity. They didn't know that it violated the Constitution.
0: So, is that is that akin to uh, what the governor said? I don't know if he was on Fox or what, one of the cable stations. when he said, the uh, the Bill of Rights that's above my pay grade.
5: I think that that is strong evidence that he knew that he was violating the Constitution.
0: That's interesting. That's that's great. Well, you're going to keep us posted. If anyone out there, if you've been injured, if you've got a case, WeaverLawOffices dot com is Dana's website, and I can tell you she is one of the best attorneys in New Jersey. She is a strong fighter for constitutional liberties. We need a team of successful, smart, powerful, courageous people to lead this charge so that, A, we never return to what happened during the lockdowns, and, B, we restore common sense, liberty, and prosperity to the great state of New Jersey. Danny, you're leading that fight, and I really appreciate it. Thank Uh, you. Thank
5: you. Great to see you. Good to see
0: you. All right, guys, I've got to wrap it up here. I just want to leave you with a couple of thoughts. Um, When we talk about executive power, and I want to be very clear particularly to the Republicans in the legislature. Now, the uh, the state blew it. There's no new majority. There's actually a stronger Democratic majority now. But I want to be very clear about one thing, that as much as data is accurate, that there is a rot in legislative branches across this country, certainly in the halls of uh, the Senate and the Congress in Washington, certainly under the Golden Dome in Trenton. That exists, and we're not near fixing that problem. We're working on it. we got some great legislators out there that are working with us, and you'll be meeting those... Those legislators, those fighters over the course of the next year as we continue this Common Ground podcast. But where the corruption has taken hold in the executive branch and where the courts have allowed this to happen, I want to just be clear about this. The governor in New Jersey has tremendous power. We've seen that power used against the Constitution, against families, against first responders, against businesses, against communities. That power still exists. Don't let the legislature, before the next election, take that power away. I know it sounds counterintuitive. Let me be very clear with you. We need to elect a governor in 2025 who values the Constitution, who values people's freedom, people's liberties as parents, as small business owners, as first responders. We need a leader to be elected in Trenton to take the reins of power and use the same power this governor, Governor Murphy, used to take away your rights to restore those rights. It will take two years to get that done. And in the legislative election in 2027, after this new governor, whoever that new governor is, takes that two years to restore liberty, that's when we take away the power of the governor and we close the door. The first legislative A piece that should be signed by that next governor in January 2028 should limit the powers of all future governors so this can never happen again. But we cannot do it before we, the people, take the reins of power and restore common sense, liberty, and prosperity to the Garden State. So, follow me on all my social media at Bill Spadia. Tune into the show, New Jersey 101.5, every weekday morning, 6 to 10 a.m. And of course, join the Common Sense Club. Join the fight. Join the fight. Join me. We're going to take this state back. Billspadia.com. I'll see you next time.